Welcome to another episode of Majoring in the Minors, a podcast where we talk about how the majority of people focus on the minor and insignificant things in life. Your hosts, as usual, Mahi and Louis. In this episode, we got to sit down and talk with Lauren Ellis again. Uh, we managed to talk about running an online business, uh, working as a personal trainer on the on social media. And we try to give pointers to possible future coaches on how to run a business, how to build a business, and how to operate that business. I work with Lauren myself, and she also works as an online PT. So I think we could uh, bring a couple of valuable insights to the conversation. I hope you guys find it useful. Enjoy the episode. I, I obviously I don't work at a gym or I, I don't you know I'm not a PT by trade uh, although certified but I would like to kind of start a freelance online business like uh, well something small at first obviously to get my bearings test out templates and modalities and stuff uh, so I just wanted advice on like how to do it without being at the gym or without being at a place where I can walk up to people and just say, hey, want a personal trainer? Um, the, I think the first piece of advice I'd give you, because obviously I searched you on uh, Instagram and you don't have any posts at the moment. Um, so the first thing that I would say is that you have to be consistent every day. You have to post, like uh, you have to make an actual post on your feed every day post on your story constantly like people like to see consistency and if you're doing you know the same things every day you're showing what you're doing and you're providing information to people then people are going to get attracted to that so you have to constantly be consistent you know put out feed and post that um add value and you know people can learn from i think that's very important and also you know promote yourself like you're trying to obviously sell a product to somebody um and you have to just yeah just be very consistent with it and it it obviously takes a while but um you know if you use the right words and you kind of build up your audience so you know using the right hashtags um and things um that relate to people i think it is just about consistency across the board yeah exactly like First and foremost, if you're trying to build a business, find out like what sort of platform you're going to sell your business on. Like if especially online business now, it's social media. Uh, I don't know, like pick what which medium works best for you or like the people that you're trying to kind of target. Uh, normally, like obviously this is just a rule of thumb, but a uh, little bit older, like I don't know, 35 and above, probably like Facebook is a good medium because everyone was brought up by that. And like, they all have accounts. Like I, if I want to target my mom <laughs> and her friends, then I probably will be on Facebook. Uh, below that, Instagram, now everyone's on Instagram. And then if you're trying to target a younger audience, uh, I, I assume everyone's on TikTok, right? So yeah, finding that first, the medium that you want to sell on, like what kind of, you know, people you're looking to sell to and then it treating it like a point of sale so like yeah as she said like your instagram is just like nothing nothing right now rightly so because you haven't like started a business yet but if you're trying to start a business and that's your point of sale then turn it into a shop always use an example of like think of your instagram as like a shop front 
Uh, if I'm walking down the street and I saw this, I see this shop and all the curtains are pulled down and there is nothing outside that says what the shop is selling. There's no way I'm going to, unless I'm, curiosity takes over, I'm not going to go inside and be like, oh, what do they have uh, that I can buy? But if I see what they have outside, if, you, if I see that they're providing this and that and that, and then I'll be like, all right, so there is something that I'm looking to buy, then I can go into the shop. So like have, make it clear that you're tr planning to, you know, do some sort of business, get, uh, provide some sort of service, uh, make it clear as as clear as possible but don't also uh I, I think sometimes people fall into this idea of like they're just gonna have a specific niche and they just put that and it's just like i'm gonna just only help this type of person but like um i'm being on the gym floor and have have uh have like having experience dealing with people on the gym floor is just sometimes it's just really random the type of people you get like you never know like i can have this specific niche and then like someone just comes to me and he's like oh i want to train this i'm not going to turn them away be like wait unless like i really don't click with them so don't tie yourself to just one idea i would say like maybe one or two ideas of things that you want to and then just as she said she's right consistency like have these interactions that drive like you know have in specific interactions that pull people into your shop and then inside the shop have your best um, products like available for people to see. So like for me, posts are the way to get people to follow you and then the stories is just add value to why they should stay in your store. Right. So from a marketing perspective, I kind of get it. I don't really do much on Instagram because I hate social media, but you know, I have to use it. But Moving on to the next stage, and this is not just for me, but like anyone aspiring, how do, so like you, for instance, you're at a gym, you can walk up to people, they can see the value you provide, you can have a one-to-one -one engagement. How would you showcase your value online as an upstarting freelancer when there is already competition or already, let's say, known names? Lauren, do you want to take this first? Um, I think you have to, people like to see things. So, you know, if you're posting something, people like to see that it's worth buying into. Um, and it like, it can be harder, but then it also can be easier because, you know, there are so many people on social media and you can either like reach out to them or vice versa. But, you know, immediately you click onto someone's page and that's like what they see. If they don't see anything that, you know, like people like to see um, like comparisons of like your work or what you've done, you know, you're showcasing what you can do. So you have to, you know, kind of prove to somebody why you should choose them. So, you know, um, if it's whether it's Facebook or Instagram that you're going to use, but on, in all honesty, I'd recommend doing both because if you're, you have to maximize your audience. So you're putting it out to people on Instagram and you're reaching them people. And then if people share that, then that's reaching say another like a thousand people or, you know, if it's on Facebook and it's all just word of mouth. So, you know, you're, if you have X amount of friends on Facebook and you share that, then you're reaching that many people. And if somebody else shares that, so it's it's like a continuous thing of just word of mouth and sharing um, and, you know, just put yourself out there. So, you know, message people or um, it, it, it just starts with providing really good content.
and then the rest just comes people will message you and ask you what you're doing um or ask you to jump on a call or you know it's like interactions and stuff like it just has to be people just have to be interested in you you know what I mean you can't like come across desperate and just be chasing people if you are like appealing like if your product is appealing then people will naturally come to you yeah like uh, I, I like that uh, people should be interested in you like people don't buy the content necessarily they're buying you right like we all know like I'm going to use Apple and Samsung or any other phone for an example the product is pretty much the same they're all selling the same thing but we're buying this status of having an iPhone, right? Like we're buying those big names. So I think, um, every, yes, there are like so many different people who are trying to sell on Instagram and you have to get to that point that you know, like I am doing the right things and I give value to what I do. But at the end of the day, people like, they just might like your personality. So it's the reason that the reason is you yourself, not necessarily the program. Uh, that will follow and that's like you know again the, the kind of as she said the kind of content you put on your instagram the kind of value you add there can showcase what you have to offer but also there is that concept of like you, you just have to come off as a nice person and like you know, have like sometimes it's just that someone might even be much better suit like you know much more knowledgeable than you but if someone decides to pay you and not them like that's just personal preference right so i think like um uh, people kind of get put off by the idea of like, oh, I, I certainly did. They were like, oh, there are all these amazing or like, you know, knowledgeable people, people out there. Like, why should I start a business? Like, um, and you have to understand, like, there is this human element of like, it's, it really depends on the interactions. And like, sometimes people, like, I know so many very, very, very smart people that the moment they open their mouths, I just get bored because you still don't have that charisma. They're just like, they're not that cool. Like, I just can't listen. Like, I probably I bore a lot of people as well. But uh, it, it's that human element. So, like, you can never dismiss that. People can just come to you because of the way you are. And, like, you know, especially you. <laughs> I was going to say other stuff, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh... Yeah, sorry. I'm just going to like slide in one last thing there. You have, like, it is, you have to be likable and you have to be relatable because if people think, look at your page and think, oh my God, this person's doing this, like, they're bet they think they're better or whatever, like, you have to be likable and you have to be relatable to people because then people will, like, as I said before, like, naturally be drawn to coming to you, I guess. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> No, absolutely makes sense. I agree. And uh, I think Mahan used to do a lot of handstands, <laughs> which put people off. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is, so this is on the gym floor. This is one, one thing I learned the hard way. I was talking to this, another one of my co uh, friends who's a coach as well. Um, I, if you want to sell some, if you have some something to sell and add value to people's lives, be very upfront with it, right? Like Lauren can give you the example of how we had our first interaction. Um, back in the day, I used to try to, you know, get people's attention by doing like putting my life at risk and doing a handstand on top of the tallest object in the gym for someone to be like, oh, cool. Like I would want to do that. But the thing is not a lot of people want that. Like it's very niche, it's very specific and it's very like, it just looks cool, right? You know, like how many times have we just like walked by a cool car and we are like, oh yeah, I would like to have that. But we might never buy that because it doesn't apply to our lives. It doesn't add utility to our life. So 
instead of like trying to be like a peacock and like show off my feathers, I just decided like, okay, I have something to add. I'm just going to go and have this. And this is my rule that I've uh, gotten from my coach is like, um, I think people get lost in building a rapport too far. Like, yes, you should have, you should be able to build, build rapport with someone, but then they try to like become that person's friend. They just start talking about the weather, like the newest show on Netflix and stuff like that, and never get into the point when it's about training. So my rule is like, go and introduce yourself. Be like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. Can I have a minute of your time? get that permission first and then as soon as you can so my rule is the third question i ask this is on the gym floor and then i apply it to online as well but on the gym floor the third question uh, i would ask is about training have you worked with a trainer have you ever thought about working with a personal trainer because that clears that steers uh where the conversation is going to go and then like it makes things much clearer right and me trying to build this because people know like the moment you go and talk to them i'm on the gym floor i'm a i'm a pt my job is to sell right like that's why i'm doing on like but if people try to disguise it and come off friendly and then once they've gained your trust and then suddenly they start with like oh well actually i'm like how what, what do you think about training it comes off a little bit weird and it just like breaks off that chain of trust but if i come up and say that at the beginning and then you know my intentions and then like if you're not interested then like that human element can be there and maybe down the line we could still go into training but like i've made my intentions clear in a sense right and same thing i think could be applied to to uh, social media uh but yeah oh lauren what do you think like too many people uh i know approach people and try and be their friend and then sell them something, try and sell them something. And then if that person doesn't want that product, the, the person will just disappear off the face of the earth. So I do think it's so important that if you're selling a product to just make it known first, and you know, then you might develop a friendship out of it or whatever afterwards, but you know, you're trying to be out there like earning a living and um, you know, your what you're promoting is your business. So that needs to be made clear first. So I guess. <laughs> that's that's valid. Trust is important and the natural progression is also important. But how would you how would you think about using Reddit or forums as a way of promotion? Or is that something not as effective? I don't think people use it anymore, to be honest. I think people like um, would just use social media. If someone hears something like from somebody, the first thing they do is look on Instagram or Facebook. Do you know what I mean? Like if they want to find out something, they'll just type it in Google. Or, you know, I think like they can be effective once you've built up your base and you can promote it enough that people are then willing to like share and talk about it. But if you know it's it's just like the it's moving so quickly at the moment like even how tiktok has blown up like i don't even know how to use it <laughs> um, but you know there's like people that are like 10 13 years old that are like earning mega money from posting videos on tiktok but you know you just have to yeah as like we said before just create the right audience and use the right platforms because if you're post if you're putting a lot of energy into something um, and it's not like, you know, at the forefront of people's minds, they're just not going to kind of go to that 
you need to be like right at the front and just like keep pushing content out and stuff yeah like Alrighty. think of it uh think of like your your audience yes um maybe do a con- consensus and find out that are they on take like which platforms are they using facebook instagram tiktok reddit and like because yes there are forums and like you know reddit users and stuff like that but they don't build the majority of the people out there like it's very niche like you could build a business there but yeah it, it would be a very niche business it'll just be there right because like i between the people who use instagram and reddit like to to buy something like you know you still like that's why instagram has so much sponsorship on it or facebook even so i don't I, you could have this and the purpose of the platform like reddit is more for discussions and like you know opening these conversations and talking about like certain points and stuff it can do sales as well but i think uh it wouldn't compare like especially fitness industry thrives on instagram right now whereas like uh, maybe something else would do but like you know as a gamer i know reddit is really big with gamers uh but i don't think like instagram would be that or sorry fitness would be as prominent i'm not saying it's not but i don't think it would be as prominent Moving on to more into the coaching itself, more into programming and stuff, um, knowing that a lot of people are in lockdown and a lot of people are, uh, let's say in England, are in lockdown, how do you approach, how do you approach programming? Um, I think it has to be um, easily accessible. It has to be quite simply shown, and but obviously it has to be appealing. So if somebody receives something, it has to be, you know, I think I think with facing like um, like going to coach online, you have to make people feel special and wanted. So each client, you have to really make them feel valued as a person. Like you're putting your energy, your whole energy into that person. You can't just kind of make them feel like a bit like on the side or and stuff. So you know, you just you have to just um, make it. I think because because people are in a lockdown and you know many people are on furlough and their lives have been completely changed I think the most important thing is communication and speaking to that person um, and finding out like what will work for them you know like what equipment do they have and stuff and um, I think people obviously are dealing with a lot during this time so it's just finding out like their availability keeping like constant communication and you know making sure that they're still okay and they're enjoying their program you know like offer like weekly check-ins like video calls or monthly or you know you could even do like group sessions and stuff like that just making people feel like wanted in like that you're you know not rather than just them paying you to pay your bills just make them feel like they're being appreciated in the same way yeah exactly and um on top of like on the side i would say i always say like having systems in place because at the end of the day as she said before as well you want to add value right and creating some systems in place like having an intake form that you can send to them with the right questionnaire so you can know what they need what are their obstacles that they're faced with their like you know fitness training what are the equipment you know as you said it's a it's a lockdown so like what kind of equipment is available to them and then once you like pinpoint those weaknesses and struggles or obstacles then you can try to introduce the right um as you love the ways and like modalities or pick the right training for that uh 
specific person. And again, uh, she said it, make them feel special. And that's how you make it feel special by finding out more about them and their problems and then uh, giving the right solution to that person. That's why it's personal training. It's very personal. You have to pinpoint their struggles and try to fix that. And that'll make you a good, good coach rather than just um, copy and pasting the same program, like programs and sending it to everyone without even a proper intake form, without even those questions to see, all right, like what, like just even asking what their goals are because not everyone's going to have the same goals and then being able to kind of identify that some goals might not be either appropriate or like achievable uh, around this time. So that's the system of having questionnaires, having like, you know, writing down the, like having an exercise index that like, you know, it, it, so you can do an intent based programming for, for the individual becomes really important. Yeah, definitely. I think just keep it just keep it really personal. Um, like I've created a form that um, is like a shared sheet that uh, clients can fill in at the end of every day to ensure that they're staying on track and hitting those steps of water and the, the calorie and macro targets and stuff. So it's, you know, and then you can share it. So I think, yeah, just keep it really personal and just make sure that, you know, you're there if they need anything, because you're at the end of the day, personal trainers change people's lives and they are literally like the building block to get them to like spread their wings once they've like you know got what they can from you so you just have to you know make sure that you're such a good support and that they you know and just like do like little exciting things you know like you know give them specific goals like one girl that I'm working with we've set like a six month goal and if obviously if covid's not around um as much we're gonna do like a spa day or something you know just like making people feel like really special and like you know you're kind of, you like their friend but like a work friend <laughs> i guess All right. personalization so so jumping onto the topic of sort of being a support and personalizing would you include any sort of therapeutic or psychological elements into let's say NLP uh, neuro-linguistic programming or any sort of um, hybrids where you merge mental health with personal training or do you keep them as two separate uh, spheres spheres I think if you I think it's always important to let people know that you're available for people if they want to talk to you about things or um obviously you don't have to just throw it on them but I do think it's important to just let people know that you you can talk about like specific issues if you if they choose to or you know I think it's important to make people feel comfortable around you especially like as a personal trainer as Mahan said you do get personal with them you find out their whole life you know what is their weaknesses what are their strengths what you know what do they enjoy what do they not enjoy and their boundaries and stuff and that what barriers they have to overcome so I just think like if people you know feel like they want to talk to you about something then I feel like you should kind of make that available but again if that's not you then you don't have to worry about it you know you're creating your own business it, you know you don't have to if that's not what you want to provide to somebody then you don't feel like you have to yeah exactly and uh, you said NLP uh neurolinguistic programming like the way it was used before it was like you know that idea of building rapport with someone like it was used in old school sales processes a lot in my opinion and i always say like as i said 
people get lost in trying to build that rapport. I think building like basic rapport, yes. And then, as I said, make your intentions clear, but then rapport becomes part of retention, you know, making things personal and making sure that person's doing well and like they're growing through the systems that you've put in place for them. Uh, but that, um, so you could implement these things, but you learn it from experience. Like the therapeutic effects, like as she said, when you're training with someone, you just kind of get really close to them, but you're not necessarily your, their friend. You're kind of like a work friend and stuff like that. And you could find out about their personal life a lot. Sometimes like your clients might see you more than they would see their family because they might see you once a week and they have like, you know, they talk to you more than they would talk to their families. And people can build these experiences, can create these human interactions. But at the end of the day, we have to remember what we're qualified to do. We're qualified to like work in certain areas and some other parts. Like if I see someone's like having these circles of, you know, refer like having a referral system. So like having someone knowing different, like, you know, uh, specialists in different areas really helps as well as a, like a, as a trainer. Because like if someone's really having difficulties, I don't know, with eating disorders or mental issues and stuff like that. The last thing I think, Pete, and I see this sometimes happening, PTs are trying to act like a therapist. They're, they're becoming life coaches. Like, you know, they're, we're here to get people to the goal that they want, right? And we're qualified in specific areas. So we shouldn't, we should stop trying to be what, what we're not. But having these amazing groups of like, you know, uh, referral systems down in place that I, if it gets to a point that I feel like I can't help someone, then I will refer them to a professional. I'm not going to, I'm going to stick to my lane. I'm not going to step outside of that, but to like, and as I say, it's a human element, it is personal. So you can find ways to like, you know, motivate people and help them with certain situations, but we have to understand that like, these are just our opinions and our experiences and not, we're not necessarily, unless you qualify, I don't know, like you've done something, some sort of qualification or so like and a proper one, like a 36 hour course does like to make you a life coach doesn't make you a therapist. All right. Like that's years of studying. So uh, having that, this, like being able to distinguish between these two, I think is very important. Paula, now more into maybe the fun topics, um, sort of just to uh, get to know you more, Lauren, because, you know, we're work buddies now, <laughs> two, pod two podcasts, you know? So I uh, know, but uh, what's your like go-to exercise or exercises when you train people in general? Like what's the first thing you always want to implement? Uh, Bulgarian split squats because I like causing people a lot of pain. <laughs> I like it because I think it's a good test for everything. You know, you can kind of then choose to progress or regress them from that. Um, and um, I think it just like makes people feel pain, which is the best part of being a personal trainer, I think. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and I, I don't know, I'm, I, I used to hate them, but I remember first doing them with my hand side planks. I, ne I could never even lift up my body and now I can. And obviously um, I like doing that for people as well. So I like just, I think it's just like little things that you can test somebody's uh, core strength and their strength or like in general and stuff. So I do think just like little exercises that can show showcase what that person can do and what's the most overrated exercise oh gosh there's so many donkey kicks 
I think the uh, the tricep overhead extensions. I mean, the, there's quite a lot. I think I think when people uh, try to do too many things in once, so you know, when somebody's going from like a squat into a jump to a twist and then a burpee, like I think you know, there's nothing wrong with the classics. Just stick to the basics. They work. There's literally evidence that they work. You don't need to like get people to be jumping around and doing three burpees in different ways <laughs> in different variations that's another one a burpee is overrated i think like it's just jumping it's just not doing anything for somebody so yeah what about you what do you think uh, favorite exercise uh for me uh, i mean from like just for me my personal enjoyment the deadlift mm -hmm. it's just fun to do i mean calling weight up uh but i i like like if i were to train people i would start with the single limb movements test their uh, stability and their range of motions and different planes to see what they're lacking in because barbell movements don't really help you with that mm -hmm. uh, so like for instance the bulgarian split squat if someone couldn't do it because they lack the uh, stability, like I, for instance, can't do it, I would use a dowel. Yeah. Uh, I saw that with coach, uh, what's his name, Eugene Teo, and and it works. And uh, so I would like I would subscribe to uh, more single. I would actually go through a skill act, like because we're doing the skill acquisition course soon. And I kind of agree with it, like where you, you, you shouldn't load them from the beginning. They should first learn the movements, learn how to express the ranges. Yeah. And then go through the like over time, different kind of loading parameters, and then they can actually load. Yeah. That's in an ideal world, obviously, but we don't live ideal. Like most of us didn't start like that, you know. I yeah. went straight in and Mahan and we all. Uh, most overrated exercise for muscle the bench press like for like if, if you're targeting the pecs i think it's overrated and i'm sure mahan agrees yeah mahan will talk about bench press in another podcast that like <laughs> I, I will cuss it but one thing i want to point out and this is like I, I i try to allude to is like what you guys are talking about and i think like you agree with it is intent-based programs or exercise selection as well like it just to, like as you said you want specific outcomes like even if it's get to client get your client through pain it is a specific outcome they like obviously we're not sadistic but uh it's just like you know pushing people like because that's accountability like we, we do like people do get us to get them through certain things because they might not push themselves through that those, the same process or like make it as difficult for themselves I and mean, we know that like even for me if i really need to push myself i'll get one of the people that i can trust like take me to those uh, to those places because sometimes i might not be able to go there myself but there is an intent behind every exercise like as you or even like the stability that lewis said so choosing exercises based on intent rather than just like randomly picking the like you know just throwing it <laughs> sometimes i feel like when people write the program they just like throw the dice up or like they have like a list of written like something on the left and something on the right and they just toss a coin and like all right so heads i'm going to pick the right side of the equation tails i'm going to pick and there's no like specific reason behind why they're trying to achieve this and the, the reason is just like it's so 
general as like, oh, I just want the person to work. Like yeah. what's like, oh, oh it, like getting someone to sweat is the least or like the, <laughs> the suckiest way of trying to gauge someone's progression or like what they're doing. Like that, that's not a unit of measurement. Just like burn. What's like, how can you define burn? Like, you know, just like, unless you're literally going and like, uh, calculating the amount of uh, hydrogen ions they have in their muscles that create like you know what is the burn so like sometimes you have to have intent and it has to be clear like it shouldn't just be like oh i'm trying to get them tired like yeah, and then and choosing progressing as well it's like creating a structure you're building them up to their end goal it doesn't just happen you have to build their program so they eventually get there and obviously so you know you don't overwork them like as well you can't throw someone in the deep end straight away because they're probably going to die and then not literally die but literally die and you know <laughs> hate it so you have to then gradually build somebody up you can't expect someone to just dive in yeah exactly i think a lot of coaches that i see lack that uh, they're very haphazard in the way they do things and they do things to please the client more than to you know, like the client thinks they need bicep curls when really they need to focus on the compounds. And there's nothing wrong with the bicep curl, but you first have to actually do the things that the money makers and then go into the, 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 you know, we all have guilty pleasures. Like I'm sure you do an exercise that's really not that valuable, but it makes you feel good. So, yeah, which, picking, which, yeah. Picking exercises that make people feel good. Like we use this <laughs> um, expression of hiding the vegetable in the spaghetti sauce, right? So I do put exercises that really helps them. Like, you know, if I have a specific goal for them, then I will put the exercises that achieves that goal. And then probably at the end, put something that they really enjoy just to get their spirits up. And like, you know, just um, at the back end of a session, have something that will get them even more excited for the next session. So but it is important to like, you know, again, having, as I, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this, having an intent behind it. Like if I chose this exercise, now this one, like the intent for this exercise is just to keep them happy or just give, keep them motivated. But before that, I've done all the, like, you know, sleight of hand, I've done, I've done them, I've made them do things that they don't necessarily like, but they had to because it serves a purpose. And then at the end, I'll be like, all right, here you go this is something that you like to do let's do it why not like it puts you in good spirits like when you're building a house you wouldn't go wallpaper shopping on the first day when the house isn't built so you can't focus on the end product if you haven't even started building yet i i, I mean i my like for when i train upper body i like training my shoulders so i just think any kind of shoulder exercise um that I like doing. I just think like, I know it's really basic, but just a shoulder press. Like I just think, yeah, it's quite basic, but I quite enjoy doing it. Now I let you guess who's gonna have, suddenly who's gonna have like some sort of shoulder triceps in, their, in the program <laughs> next day, like next week. <laughs> I just enjoy it though. Like, and when we were saying, and when on our last session that we had before the lockdown, um, that I prefer squatting to deadlifting. And you were like, yeah, but sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. Like your program, didn't you say that you don't like doing something, but then your coach has just like added it in and you like hate it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like if I'm good at something and 
I don't need to practice it as much, but like if I if I have I'm bad at something and like it's something that helps me. So I I'm not a big fan of bench, as you guys might know already. And then I, suddenly I got uh, in my program and got more bench, and I'm I really am comfortable with deadlifts, and I got less deadlifts, and I got a deadlift variation, not even a full deadlift itself, where I had to do bench because just you know building those building blocks again. Mm. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So exactly. Yeah. Now I want to kind of bring the conversation back to like the online business. And I want to ask Lewis is like, we've mm -hmm. talked about it and we've given you our two cents. So like, what would you say are the, the next, like if you're building your business and you're trying to do those, what are the steps you're going to take and what have you learned from what we've told you? Well, first, obviously it's actually the marketing and actually building a social media presence and, uh, that's a habit I have to build because I hate social media and abhor it. Um, but you know, you have to adapt to the world. And so it would be first thinking about the content itself, uh, thinking about the kind of training or the value, because obviously it's freelance, it's just a side gig, right? So it's not a full-time thing, but it's still something that needs nurturing. It needs to be pursued on a weekly basis. So it's more of first understanding what training or what's my philosophy and then breaking it down into content and then just being consistent, even if it's once a week, you know, having a content plan in place. And so that's the marketing element. Um, and then sort of making sure my interactions are personalized, making sure that uh, I, I'm more, I mean, I am friendly, like making sure that shows in the actual engagement, making sure that uh, the, I would like to do consultations. So I would like to do free consultations at first, uh, because again, this is more of just playing with the, testing the waters. It's uh, sort of learning how to coach online because I've never really done it. I've only really done it in person, but never on an official basis. So sort of like building that, like consulting, making sure the programming is right, testing different theories, um, using people as guinea pigs to an extent, using my friends as guinea pigs mainly, testing with them, and then using word of mouth or buzz marketing to sort of have other people kind of buy in to the philosophy. But I'm trying to be accessible, especially in the time the Corona period. Uh, I don't like, I'm not trying to be a fancy coach. It's a, it's a side gig at the end of the day, but I just want to add value to people's lives. Fitness is one way. I would like to integrate fitness into life coaching because I think that fitness is a force multiplier and the more fit you are, the more confident you are, the more positive you are. And um, in general, like fitness is one pillar. Uh, there are other pillars and I'm trying to do a holistic approach across all so i'm just starting with this and i just want to see how it goes you know because at the end of the day as we said it's all about bringing value whether it's fitness whether it's life coaching whether it's just being there for someone so that's just what i want to try my hand in definitely and then i'll take it from there. sorry oh sorry um i was talking to my friend this morning and we were saying like it does literally come from your mind like you can work out you know, you can follow a program or you can eat well, but if your mindset isn't in the right place, then it, you're setting yourself up to fail. So it is like finding out, you know, 
first of all, what like your why, your purpose. And that, I think that's important when you start coaching people is you have to find, understand why they're doing it and are they ready to do it as well? Are they ready to make that change? So up your clients, you know, make a group Facebook page or something or like a platform where people feel like they're part of something. And, you know, I think that's very important. Well, it's been a good podcast, guys. We, we touched yeah. on good points and I'm sure anyone trying to be a life, I mean, a fitness coach online can make use of the data. Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone has to start from somewhere, you know, no one's going to be, uh, you know, Eugene Tio day one, obviously. Yeah. Uh, People like see the, the success. Like, it's, there is no overnight success. There's like so many small steps taken over such a big period of time that like the results in this thing and just like, uh, as Lauren said, as Lewis said, just be consistent. But, and I'm going to add, I think I said it again, but I'm just going to say it. If you're trying to run a business, make it clear that you're running a business, like have a website, like it doesn't have to be a fancy website, but it's a website that says I do, like I sell programming and I do consultations and things like that. It's just, being out there like you can't expect to again provide a service without telling people that you're providing that service mm -hmm. and then just be patient and it'll take time but uh, if you put the foundations down and just build it up and build it sturdy uh, you'll do just fine all righty i think that's a wrap perfect uh thank you everyone who well, for listening to this thank you lauren um again uh, do you want to add in, in any plugins like we're going to put your instagram and, and your website uh, yeah. oh. oh it's yeah. now live which is very exciting oh. um yeah no I, it's getting there it's getting there i'm obviously um focusing on my nutrition and that's like where i'm gonna head towards like nutrition and weight management um because i just find it very interesting and i think that's like people's weaknesses majority of the time is like nutrition so if you need any nutritional advice come find me <laughs> Um, my Instagram is just Lauren Ellis Fit. Perfect. And probably by the time we roll this podcast out, my website's going to be live as well. So I'm just going to give a plug in for myself. Uh, uh, Willow Wisp Coaching, but the website address is wow-coaching.com. So hopefully that'll be up. You can go and check it out. Um, if you want to, again, yeah, as she said, like if you want to talk, training and nutrition nutrition with her training with me uh, find us on instagram i'm also on instagram by mahanel me pt and hopefully lewis soon will be part of this uh, trio as well hopefully one day perfect right, uh, thank you so much what? for listening oh yeah go on wait 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 God, you can't you don't you can't end it without a uh oh. a fake sponsor mahan I mean, okay whoever is listening to this Whoever is listening to this, I implore you to actually come and sponsor us so I don't need to do this fake sponsor segment again. I am I'm running. I'm waiting for Weetabix to sponsor me because I post Weetabix every day. <laughs> <laughs> that is my goal for 2021 is to get sponsored by Weetabix. <laughs> and that just gave me an idea for a fake sponsor. <laughs> I'm going to call them the milk at bowls. Uh, these are bowls that already have milk in them. So when you need to, I always connect it to a milk <laughs> jug or something. I don't know. When you, I, They didn't tell me the exact thing. But when you put the cereal in it, it just kind of sees how much, what's the volume of cereal you have in your bowl and it adds the milk automatically. That's it. The <laughs> milk, milk, milk at bowl. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Wow.
<laughs> Sounds wow. kind of wrong. I, re- I regret asking you. I, 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 I'm a <laughs> so yeah, please find us a sponsor so I can stop doing these. Uh, or I keep doing it and just embarrass Lewis more and more. So your choice. I love it. I love it. Thank you for listening to Majoring in the, Majoring in the Miners. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Please, uh, again, share if you like these uh, podcasts that we do and tell your friends about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that kind of builds up to my next question. This one's for Lauren. As someone who also, like, obviously does her own uh, online coaching, but also you do have a coach yourself. I'm not going to name them, but they're amazing. <clears throat> uh, what would you say are, like, the benefits of, obviously, like, people can get from having an online coach i think it's it's accessible it's very easy um you know you don't have to leave your home you, you know um obviously like your daily uh, allowance of exercise outside but you can you know you don't have to actually leave you can just get up and you have it and it's there and i think it is uh it's making sure that you're consistent like obviously you message me and be like here's your workout or you're gonna die today either one (laughs) um so I just think you know it's just easy you know people can help you stay on track um by online because obviously we are lucky with the you know having phones now and social media and messaging and stuff so people can just help you stay on track even more if somebody has a question they can just ask you straight away you know if somebody is struggling with something or they're you know they're, they're struggling with their diet or you know like nutritional advice and things like i think it's just accessible to have a coach online